Adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back, No Snooze Podcast, episode 98. I'm sorry, I'm struggling. My suit is a little tight, back from vacation. I'm here with the entire crew. Michael, the show, Pirelli. Claudio, the voice, Valenzuela. We have Justin, the most famous intern, Sanchez. And I am Dave, the body, feeling a little fluffy, Regina. Fluffy's a great term, because <laughs> right? I know the feeling. Yeah, you're just, man. You're just cushiony. It's tough. Listen, if you're just tuning in for the very first time, we want to say thank you. Um, but if you're just back for another week and you listen to us loyally, we also want to say thank you, and we're very grateful for you. Today, we hope to bring you some value. We'll be talking about thinking differently. Think for yourself. Think for yourself? Don't just, yeah, I was thinking about it again, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to think differently from my first thought. Okay. And I'm going to switch to think for yourself. Listen, I like it. I think it's it's, it's blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, that blah, blah, blah I just did kind of reminded smooth. me of another movie reference in Space Jam for whatever reason. I don't know why. And I just did you watch it last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's I why I was that. I'm like, how do you have all these references <laughs> in, the, in the holster? Uh, but Michael, how the hell are you, my brother? Uh, I thought I was going down. I got the illness. <laughs> yes. The whole family did. The big C? Uh, we had a, I called a Murphy's Law week. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yep. In the grand scheme of things, I'm not trying to complain. That's like my thing is I'm trying not to rehash things. But on a podcast, you got to share with the people. Yes, yes. Um, Literally, we're out of the house for construction at our house. Everything was going nice. I brought all my food prep to my parents' house. I brought the gym with me. They were having pizza on, I think, Monday or whatever, something. I ate my own food. They were like, <laughs> you're, you're dialed in. I said, I know. And then, boom. Boom. Thursday comes around. Livy has a fever. It's like breaking or whatever. We bring her to daycare uh, because she doesn't have the fever anymore. Get a call immediately after. Hey, your daughter's got a fever. You got to get her out of and here. Is that a rule? Like once they have a fever at daycare, you take, you them, out. take them back. So then they, she goes to the in-laws because we're still on our schedule. Then Dana calls me in the middle of like a work day. Start crying. I have COVID. I run to her. I don't have it yet. I don't go in the car with her to test. She's mad at me because she's like, you're not going to support me. And I'm like, I'm not getting COVID if I don't have to. Or <laughs> Michael, sorry, the, the anomaly. Ill- we'll call it the illness. Yes. So we avoided it this whole time. Long story short, I get her settled at the in-laws. I still am testing negative. Next morning, I feel like a train hit Yeah, what did you feel? So when I got the vaccine, I had the typical like bad headache, head cold, fever, chills, sweating Any all night. Bone, bone no, no aches no? for okay. me. Just a headache. Then I had that same thing that night, uh, Wednesday going into Thursday. So Thursday morning, I'm like, I'm shot. I got to test. I tested positive. So then I had to take everything and move to the in-laws basement. I love how you guys are just getting sick and going to the in-laws. Like the in-laws are like, hey, come to me. Like So the in-laws, the my mother-in-law had it. My father-in-law didn't have it. But my father-in-law is an anom- anomaly because he, he still didn't get it. He probably and, had it. And Livy was all over him, like sneezing in people's mouths <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So it was a little chaotic for a while. But we had to be out of the house until Tuesday anyway. Gotcha. So our quarantine lined up with our house quarantine. But it was funny because we had all these people working in our house and we were all like fighting in the basement of our um, in-laws trying to get better. So I, out of everyone, I mean, shout, shout out to the in-laws, shout out to my parents, shout out to Livy and Dana. Everyone did decent. I was shot. I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. Really? I had a headache. I had fevers for three days straight. Um, I still worked through it all, but 
I was like, I was in a bad way. And even now, I have no energy. My allergies are killing me. Like, I'm still scrambling to get healthy again. Mm. So it's been, I thought I was going down and uh, we were going to have to host like a find another co host, <laughs> um, which would have been, you know, I wouldn't have known anyway. I would go for Justin. I wow. I, I would think CB oh would be the guy. <laughs> um, wow, CB, I, I, that hurts. <laughs> um, so on top of it, then we get the ball rolling again this week. We're finally back in the house, getting back to the routine. We have Easter. That's great. Starting to get the energy back. Then last night, Livy stayed up all night. She cried all night um, to the point. I have to tell this quick story. So when we have one of those nights, I try to help, but Livy wants mom. So yes. she won't leave her, yeah. right? You know, the yep. mommy. So I'm like, you know what, Liv? It's five. I'm not, I won't work out. Come with me. And I will uh, watch Coco Melon with you on the big TV. Try to get her out of the room. So we're watching Coco Melon. I was so tired, I nodded off. I wake up to Dana getting up at 8 o'clock. So I fell asleep for like two and a half, three hours straight. With a, a, a you know, two-year-old baby. Was she baby. sleeping too or no? I thought she was. <laughs> wake up. Dana, sheer shock on her face. She's, Mike, wake up. Did you fall asleep? And I was like, I guess. I look. The whole couch is covered in marker. <laughs> the whole couch. Oh my god! Like all, like literally, you oh. could, she, like Picasso went to town on her couch. Then I looked down, and my hands are covered. So she was drawing on me. I was so passed out, I didn't wake up. Wow. Then I go like, oh shit. Dana's like, about to cry. She's like, the couch is covered in marker. <laughs> and I was like, I fell asleep. She's like, I know. <laughs> she handled it way better than I would have. So she's like, all right, Liv, we're getting you ready. So like, I'm like half awake covered in marker and take Livy to daycare. And this is at like nine o'clock. Then I get back and I'm going to shower and get ready for work. And they're doing the floors. So the whole bathroom's blocked off. Oh, can't God. get any toiletries. Can't rub the marker off my hands. And I'm like, I got to go to work. Like <laughs> I have a full day. So I had to go to my parents. I, it's been a scramble and thank God for family and friends because we've had support, but I'm literally, we're literally gypsies. Last night I went to my parents cause they stayed in the floors and it was an unbearable smell. So like we don't have a home base right now. Dana and I, Dana was at the in-laws with Livy because she had a fever again. Mm. So like literally me and Dana are like, where are you at tonight? Where are you? It, it seems like we don't have a house and we're just like trying to play a game of like, where can we stay? Where can we stay? Yeah. So it's been wild. Wild two weeks. Terrible for the body. I think I have my big weigh-ins this week. I dropped four pounds in that weekend because I had no appetite whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming it's all muscle, which is not good. Maybe some fat. Yeah, I mean, but you'll you'll bounce back from from that quickly, regardless, but even if it is muscle. When you got the illness, did it hit you hard? Uh, so I was out two days, um, I believe, at the end of the year. Did you have low energy or anything? Oh, extremely low energy. The thing that sucked is that it carried weird. on for like some months. Oh, don't tell me that. Uh, yeah. Is um, it? And then so, also my bones, though, still, I feel like sometimes really? my joints. Yeah. My strength is starting to come back, but the low energy I'm struggling with because I'm such a high energy person that a lot of times my energy pulls me through stuff. Whereas now I'm like trying to conserve energy yeah. and I'm like, oh, I got a big appointment. Like I got to like relax before this. I can't like waste all my energy, yeah. which has been very bizarre. I remember it being a fog too. Yeah. Like, kind of just foggy. Like you're, uh, it's not, I'm slow, but I'm not as sharp yes. as I was. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But life doesn't wait for you. No. So like it doesn't. I'm in the office and stuff's hitting me left and right. And I'm like, how did I before COVID deal with all this so easily? And now it's like a super struggle to just get everything just done. Get by. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I'm with you. The illness. I mean, I, and you can see I'm sounding nasally. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, I don't it's know if it's tough, allergies man. or the illness, but. It's probably both. 
It, it's definitely both. Um, so, I mean, I was going to talk about my vacation. That was great. But, All right. Now that know, that's... No, that's... I, but <laughs> the best bad. part of it, right, is I'm, like, on my deathbed, and I'm watching... Uh, um, I text you guys and you're like, uh, so you were cracking jokes, which I thought was hilarious about <laughs> fat body fat. And I'm like, wow, kidding the guy when he's down. So get used to it, Justin. Um, and then I look and Dave's in Puerto Rico, tacos, margaritas, oh, pool, working go. out. It looked incredible. Life. How do you come back from that? I, well, it's tough. Yeah, it, it really is tough. Um, going down there, we had a little and we were battling the the yeah. uh, the adversity, too. Yeah. It was a, a full island power outage. And hilarious. Literally. I mean, not so, hilarious, but. You know, we, we booked a hotel nearby that did have power just in case the condo wasn't up and running. Smart. Um, so then the flight gets delayed. We had an overnight flight anyway. It was kind of like a red eye. I was supposed to take off, I think, at like 12. Ends up taking off at like 2. Oof. And with two babies, it was kind of, you know. Did they sleep? They slept on a plane. We gave uh, Callie a little Benny. Nice. We, you know, knocked her out. Does it for me, um, too. My, my niece is the most well-behaved. So cute. Oh, baby in the world i mean london is just great nickname too lulu i saw she, a she is the opposite of callie when it really? comes to oh but she's dude. young still mm, it, it's like callie different. and livy when they were little little no no they still yeah still were i was trying to give know. our kids benefit no, no, down. No, 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 no. must be parenting no um it literally if i could i would have 10 children green and i were talking we could we would have 10 children if they would all come out like london yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's just so chill. She goes with the flow. She doesn't cry. If she cries, it's literally two seconds. Give her whatever she needs and you move on. Um, so we battled that. We get down there and, um, you know, very luckily, we go to sleep uh, with no power. And that was, I think, at like 530 a.m. At the hotel? Or? No, no. We go to the condo. Got it. Um, because Ballsy. we were like, listen, we'll go there because you're not going to check into the hotel at five in the morning, you know? So we booked the hotel for the for the next day. We figured if there's no power when we wake up, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll uh, get moving. So nine o'clock, we kind of open our eyes like nine oh six. Boom. Uh, Just like the you hear the condo, like there's 14 units in that complex. Everybody's like, yeah, baby, let's go. And then it was just on and popping from there. Uh, very strict schedule, you know, when you're on vacation for me. Yeah. Amazing. Very strict. You are the first. You're the first unit. Yes. Right off the right off the pool. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's a fourteen unit complex. It's got um, three levels. Ours is the very first level, right outside. There's a gazebo, nice patio. It looks like it's yours. Uh, for, what what like the pool and stuff? Looks oh, like it's well, it your spot. It kind of is like that because the gazebo was right in front too. Yeah. So it's like the easiest access point. Um, so people definitely feel funny Amazing. coming down there because we just take over every yeah. time we're there. Yeah. Um, and then you have the gate to the beach, which is just steps away. What a um, setup! Yeah, so I mean, we woke up, wife and I. We would we would work out, and we worked out every day, which was awesome. We went to either the gym, which is called the Fitness Gym by Cookie. Or the track, Do the, outdoor, the, That's outdoor, an the outdoor track. Um, and then after that, we'd have a decent breakfast, either an acai bowl, which is made fresh right next door to the condo. Um, nice little coffee, some cold brew. Oh. And then um, at 12 o'clock, we would, uh, you know, crack it wide open and start drinking. Oh. You know, uh, you know how <laughs> devastated every I mean, I'm so happy for you guys. But every time <laughs> I see that, I think about the time we were supposed to go before COVID for the wedding. And yeah. I I. But to the, go the to a place pregnant. like Puerto Rico with you, who owns the place, who's the <laughs> who's the mayor? Like, if you're gonna travel and do a spot, you want to go that someone's done it, so then you can just relax. You yeah, don't have to but, figure but anything some out. Some people don't like the way I vacation. 
Like what, what certain well, individuals? I don't know who? if like Tell, put CB, him on blast. for example. He doesn't like it. No, no, I don't know if because I know CB he's coming at you today. No, no, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Hear me out. He's upset because you're the body now. No, 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 no. Hear me. Sorry. Hear me out. Like my 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 dad is kind of like this way as well. He's very adventurous and doesn't like to like kind of spend the whole day on the beach kind of just chilling it's hot in the sun he my dad would like to bring a backpack with him maybe like go see what's around town a little hiking yeah a little hiking you know that type of stuff whereas literally put me on a beach leave me there all day i'm smoking a nice cigar a nice padron every day (laughs) just had this visual when (laughs) when you Um, gave cv the cigar and I looked over and he was under the cabana smoking <laughs> yes. a cigar. Oh, he in, looked uh, in South Carolina. such in his element. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, that visual you, still burns. You get what I'm head. saying? Like, not everybody likes that style of vacation. Whereas I can veg out as long as I get my workout in. I even brought a nice, um, uh, I, I brought a couple articles on my phone that I was reading. I would listen to a couple articles, listen to a uh, personal development podcast nice. while I was smoking the oh, cigar. Oh, but then once me. 12 o'clock hit, you know, then I started. Start drinking a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I would, and, and we don't have to lie in this podcast what? before twelve. Come on. No, no, no. Twelve o'clock. That's our rule. Whose rule? That's our rule. My wife and I on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Get out of here. We, I'd be upset if I poured some. You judged me. <laughs> I'm like, it's vacation. Every, no, we we try hard. There was one day it was like eleven forty six, but you know, besides that, it is hard with the kid because you're like, you know I'd what I'm love saying to have it, but, but I it was him. perfect because Callie would go down for a nap at eleven o'clock. I would smoke my cigar from eleven to and the 12. bed's right there. Oh, nice. Dude. Wait, wait, wait. Weren't we having um mimosas early on in South Carolina? Yeah, before but, twelve o'clock. Oh, yeah, that was, that was that was and that was a short. So let me be clear because I was pushing. Let me be clear though. It's not a twelve o'clock rule all the time on vacation. But if it's a two, three day, maybe even four day vacation, no problem. When it's seven, eight, nine days, I you know drinking every day at nine a.m. is a problem. Yeah, some people are soft. <laughs> some people some are people soft. Some people are soft. You know, um, but no, man, great time. Always love going down there. Um, but Talk- I. Go ahead. Talk to me about that food, that taco spot you're at. That oh, looked incre- that's called that near your spot. Yeah. Everything is right there, which is crazy. So 12 years ago, when I first went down to Rincon, Puerto Rico, the very first time I went with Glenn Rodriguez. Oh, the best. Right. Just so happened to meet Karina out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time we really kind of linked. Oh, and then she fell in PR. love with me. Yeah. And started rubbing her feet out there. And she's like, please marry me. Well, that's not really. Start rubbing her feet out but- there. <laughs> <laughs> not random. the real story, but it's close. Um, so when we first went out there, it one wasn't very americanized yeah um and then two i remember like even our phones and stuff didn't even work out there like the uh-huh. gps didn't work so we literally had to go to radio shack to get a gps oh my god radio Shack. yes to get a gps we rode around the island trying to figure everything out um so then to see it now it's literally like a state you know what i mean and it's technically part of the the u.s right. um but yeah, it's a commonwealth. Yeah. But but I mean, everybody in Rincon speaks English as well, which is awesome. Um, but you can there are locals as well. Yeah. You know, and they probably aren't too happy about all the all of us coming I mean, from New brings, York going down. It brings there. a lot of money to the um, area. But it does. It does uh, with tourist attractions and all that. But so, great surfing as well. So it's funny that you travel there all the time because I follow a commercial guy who got me big into commercial real estate and why I like it so much. This guy Sharif Medawar. Oh, Puerto Rico. Huge Puerto Rican, yes. Puerto Rico guy. Is he Puerto Rican? I don't know, but he he invests a lot in Puerto Rico. And he was talking about, you know, five, six years ago how big it's becoming yeah. and how much he's investing in it and that's yeah. where he lives. And so it's interesting seeing his angle and then you actually like enjoying all the yeah. services that he's been speaking about. Oh yeah. Um so the food stuff, I mean, everybody kind of moves out there. It's it's weird. 
they move out there, they open up, you know, like a coffee truck, a food truck, and they kind of just operate and they they run a great business and they pull in some locals that, you know, obviously no. know the ins and outs of everything. Uh, but that place specifically with the tacos was called One Two Rincon. Um, it's pretty much a, like a famous spot. Anybody that goes out there and it's it's pretty much a um, what's the metal containers called? What is that? A cantina. Uh, a cantina, I guess. No, I don't know. Metal container um, structure. Yeah, I think like those a, are cantinas. You know, like storage stuff. units? This place oh, is built uh, off of storage units, pretty much. Like, it looks oh, like that's that. Cool. It's all metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, but it's oh, great, great spot. But it's, yeah, that's not the even. The food looked good. Did it taste as good as it looked? Better. Really? Yes. Is and it better whole, than La Taqueria? How about this? In Greenwich. Uh, hmm. I don't Fire. Yeah, all right, go I, ahead. I don't want to bash taco? But mm, better. Definitely. Wow. That, and I'm that's a your taco spot. Dude. Oh, my God. But so guess what the bill was? My wife. Oh, my, I like to. My sister-in-law. Myself. My daughter. Um, we had, I had three fish tacos, two drinks, um, three fish. That's it. Yeah. Three fish tacos. We had, um, nachos loaded with, um, uh, pineal and all the works. What's pineal? Uh, pork. Don't talk to me like I know stuff. Okay. You should know. You're a food guy. Um, pineal, a great, great, uh, sliders. Um, there was about five or six. Yeah. There were five or six different, um, entrees. Little pickings. Yeah. Five or six different entrees. Who did the ordering? You or uh, Karina? Um, we, I did. Okay. Wow. You guys are powerhouse orderers, I have to say. Other than CV, I've never seen anyone order like you guys. CV took me for a loop when he did it. When, yeah, yeah. He he can hang with the best. I'm not a big to. fan of doing it because I don't want to insult anyone. And I'd rather defer because I'll eat anything. So I don't want to. And I, I sometimes order weird stuff. Like I'll order the thing that no one else wants. Yeah, yeah. So I got to be careful. Um, yeah, so guess the bill. I mean, it was. Uh, I would say 42 bucks. That's extremely low. I, well, I was going I mean, for low. No, no, that's great. I mean, it was fifty four dollars. Oh, oh which my is, god, that's not far no, off. No, I no, I know, but like I saw it, and I'm like, something don't wrong. You feel? Let I me, felt I, terrible. This, no, 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 don't don't feel terrible. So we went to a wedding in upstate New York, right? And there was some issue at my office that they called me, and we were on the phone basically until like eight, right? So everyone was at the bar getting tuned up, and I was late to the party. So you know when you have that like stressful moment, and then it's off your shoulders, and yep. I'm getting hammered. I walked to the bar. I put my card down. I said, put it all on my card. No idea what the prices are. I'm just like, there's maybe 10 of us here. Everyone's drinking mixed drinks. It is what it is. I've had a long week. I'm going wild. And where is this? This was upstate Clayton, New York. So like the Never other side is Canada. Okay. Like we're way up. You're way up there. So in my head, I'm like, it can't be that much, right? Dumb, right? Never to check. So I get the bill at the end of the night, $44. I was like, they're like, everybody? every drink was a dollar. Oh, my God. I bought God. 44 <laughs> drinks. It was the most. That's incredible. And at that point, I was so lubed up that I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, but-, but my heart sank before I got it. That's bizarre. But anyway, when you do that, don't you think like, oh. I'll trade it all, move down here? Because with my savings, we'll eat forever. Dude, we had a serious conversation. About that. Like, well, know, the, aren't if, the tax advantages amazing for oh, Puerto they're, Rico? They're great. And then the real estate market right now. Your for, boy Logan Paul moved down there. For investors is just incredible. So there's a couple dudes that I've gotten close with over the years that live in the same- Sharif um, Medawar? Condos. No, no. That live in the same condos that they basically were vacationers, and now they just live there. One by one, they just move in. They buy properties all over the place. They're buying houses for $50,000, putting twenty five into it. And they're then selling it to you know Americans that come in for like two fifty, which is still a great it's so deal. So cheap for them coming in. I mean, but they're flipping these arbitrage. houses quickly with no skill. Um, and literally, this guy Harry, he tells me every single time he's like, Dave, 
what are you waiting for? <laughs> and he's, he's probably in his 60s, um, but he's like, what are you doing, man? And it's just it's a lot to, you know, kind of get up and just go like you think of family, you think of yeah. pension when really the pension probably wouldn't there. even matter because I can make that plus some. Um, but it's a big risk. And then also what I get nervous about is, um, you know, I think we're, we're very blessed to be in the in the tri-state area over here. Right. You know, we don't really have too many power outages. We don't really have hurricanes. You don't really have that type of storm. Um, that Puerto Rico sees pretty consistently. Yeah. When we got hit a couple years ago with Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, there was significant damage that lasted uh, two years. You know what I mean? So if something like that happens, I don't know if I can survive, man. Is like, the I, real know, estate covered? If okay. gyms close, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? You're like, creative, though. You go to a monkey bar. Yeah. I guess. Um, see, I in my head, I always think when Dave goes to Puerto Rico, this could be it. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't have any linkage to it. But I'm the type that if I have an excuse, people like it makes sense. Like I would possibly do it, not full time, but I'd be like, I think this is my other market. I'm just gonna buy a bunch of real estate. I'll fly back and forth because the three hour flight. Yeah, what's the, how much is the flight too? Uh, you know, between three and five hundred bucks if it's expensive. Right. And if you're doing these investment properties and you're renting these out to exactly. Americans and making a thousand a month, two thousand a month, and you have six of them, it's like what's five hundred bucks to go check on the properties. And get a little vacation. And there's people that are willing to do that job for you, which is it makes it even easier. I'm come from, I think, in the school of thought, I want to touch it to start. Mm -hmm. before. Oh, of course. But yes, but if you get a property manager and then all of a sudden you're just dealing with one guy, you fly down, you have a meeting with them, what's going on? Let's tour the properties in one afternoon. Yep. And then you got five days with the family. Like that's there's this that's one it. there's this one guy down there that pretty much, uh, you know, I've been trying to convince my in-laws for a while to do the uh, Airbnb thing. Yeah. And they're finally doing it, killing it, making, you know, making nice profit on with it. the same kind of you stand. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. So this guy down there basically takes the units and he does it for like probably half of the units out there. He takes 20 percent mm -hmm. and that's his job. And and he's a trustworthy guy. They don't have to do anything. You know, when we want to go down there, we kind of, you know, black out the dates. Well, Airbnb is nice because you I black mean, out the dates you want. Oh. And then there's it's like a little hotel. Yes. Like the guy Sharif is a big old hotel guy. Yep. And he says, like, the ma the magic of hotels is you get someone through the door and the person will pay the premium. You just keep upselling them yep. until they're paying like two fifty a night. If you're really hurting and you want to sneak in um, some profit, you drop the price. Mm hmm. So I'm saying the the I I go back and forth on investing out of state because I don't really have roots any other state. Mm -hmm. And like even Florida, if my parents went down, like I go back and forth with I don't know the mar because I'm in this market and know this market so cold. It's hard for me to put money at risk elsewhere, whereas you have roots in Puerto Rico, you know, Puerto Rico probably just as well now. As you do in your home area, I wouldn't say that, but but know. like you are, you I, I constantly am looking at real estate down there, though. And the delta, like the the upside of doing it in Puerto Rico versus like Westchester or Greenwich, is so much higher. Yes, that even if I have eighty percent knowledge in Puerto Rico and maybe ninety nine to a hundred in another area, it's worth the risk reward. Yeah, you and know? the uh, just to give context on you know expense wise, right? There's you know condos and and houses like I said that are you know, typically bought out there between, you could say, a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars. Now they, you know, they are starting to climb a little bit. What do they rent for? They're renting per night for depending for on Airbnb. Literally one fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars a night. So Airbnb is this phenomenon that has pushed all of real estate up. Yep. Because so I almost did an Airbnb in Old Greenwich. There was a one bedroom. Me and Dana were really looking at. I remember it. that. And I was like, this is in downtown Old Greenwich. 
it'd be a one bedroom at you know six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But if you run Airbnb numbers, you could still do very well. Yes, right. So it basically came down to me not wanting to manage it and not having someone that I could just pass it off to. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do it. But in my head, I was like, this is interesting because once Airbnb is not super popular around us, but once that does become more popular and investors find out and figure it out, that's going to push up the rest of the housing market of those type of properties. Because as an investor is renting it out yearly, I can't justify 600000 right? right? An Airbnb person can buy for seven hundred and still make money. Yes. So that's going to be interesting once the Airbnb people push the market up more. Because it's not as popular, but like an old Greenwich, which is expensive already, mm-hmm. is getting it more expensive. Yes. Because once people figure out like, oh, well, I'm going to go Airbnb in instead of, yep. you know, once I think the Airbnb trend is going to get more and more popular because flexibility is becoming more and more popular. Yes. So like for you, you know, maybe you do go and spend four months in Puerto Rico when you're not working here or there's more flexibility in your job. And then all of a sudden that market is picked up just because more people can afford an Airbnb style. And there's a system in place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, it's it's a lot to think about. And then, um, you know, obviously my wife is a teacher, so she's off the entire summer. And, you know, she's looking forward to just you taking a trip down there and staying there for a month, you know, six weeks. And if you train mm-hmm. her to be like your boots on the ground. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, Dana, I got to give you credit on the podcast. This time around, I said, listen, the system was fine, but you were always asking me updates. And you were the one making the decision. So I was really the middleman. Mm-hmm. So this time around, you talked to Nick directly. And you guys keep me updated with big expenses so I can say yay or nay, but you run the show. She's been doing a phenomenal job. Yes, it's construction, so you have your ups and downs. But as far as like my stress level and my mind and bandwidth, mm-hmm. I've put in maybe one-tenth of what I did the first time. And I'm like, she's good at it. She picks out good things. She's got good judgment. Like If I can create this beast of a wife, which she is already, but if it complements the main goal, like if you can send down Karina... Puerto Rico and say, listen, you got whatever you want. Enjoy yourself. I need you here on a Saturday just to make sure this guy's meeting there. This guy's doing that. And it's one fifth of the time she's down there. Why mm-hmm. not? And you're making a fortune. It's like and maybe I'll send her with a friend, Dana. Well, Dana can <laughs> learn. Yeah. And then maybe we'll come to Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, but I like the lifestyle like because yeah. that combines lifestyle where you're going to be excited to go see your properties yes. and enjoy. But it also makes sense because it's in your fabric of your family already, which is amazing. Yes. So I joke with my parents. I'm like, I don't know where you're putting roots, but I want to put roots in Italy because then I can do the same thing. And Italy, Italian real estate's way cheaper, but it's hard because I have no different I language. Yep. I don't know, it's man. Cool. It, it, it it's is very cool. It, it is very cool. But honestly, I whenever I go to Puerto Rico, it's not that I'm I'm ready to come home because we're never ready, but I'd come back and I'm just I'm even more grateful. Oh yeah, for the amazing. opportunity to go. You know what I mean? And it's not like it's it's a little sad, like ah, but we know we'll be back soon. It's compliments, um, yes, and, and it's just it's just a a good vibe on the entire island. Last thing I'll say: Do you know that you could write off your whole trip if you have an investment property down there? Like if you sandwich it, it's mm-hmm. called. I got to get you this book. It's called. Uh, uh, tax advantages of landlords or something. Mm-hmm. And basically the concept is you go down, you do something real estate oriented the first day, yep. and then you do something the last day, and mm-hmm. then everything in between is you waiting for those, and you can write off the whole trip. It does sound good. Isn't though. that crazy? Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you could get a plane and be like, oh, this is so I can get, get a plane. My- get a no, plane. <laughs> but you can depreciate the plane against all your, say you're making you know $500,000 in rental income at some point. <laughs> you get a plane that's, whatever 700k 
then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, I'm going to depreciate so that 500K is tax-free. I'll put the No Snooze logo on that plane. <laughs> well, you could do stuff like that, too. Absolutely. That's so thinking differently, right? That's how people think mm-hmm. that are so high up. Yes. The people that do stuff like that think so opposite of what the general population thinks mm-hmm. that it's mind-blowing how they're like, I'm just going to buy a plane because it's a better use of my money than paying the government. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good segue into, uh, into the topic. Um, you know, my, myself, when I was thinking about thinking differently. Were you thinking one way and they thought another way? <clears throat> no, but, um, you know, I think there's things, you know, I'm very uh, systematic with my approach to, to life in general. Um, so there was a couple things that I kind of, you know, came up with and I kind of separated it into how I think differently at work, um, at home, and then obviously in the gym. Um, but the, the first thing is a a recognition and an understanding always of, you know, that thoughts really are just thoughts, but they can change the way that your life moves. I had such negative thoughts during my stint with the illness that it was so uncommon for me. I was like in a funk, but I couldn't get out of it because I couldn't be active. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. But there's so there's this crazy thing is a statistic we spoke about before. Um, but l- the average person has over 60,000 thoughts per day, both conscious and subconscious. Over 70,000. Uh, I'm sorry. Over 70 percent of those 60,000 thoughts are negative thoughts, which is unbelievable. And then to have an even crazier statistic, the moment you put a negative thought out, you're 40 to 70 times more likely to have that thought come true. Yeah. Just by putting it out, did um who was the Mets guy? I forget his name. Um, Noah Syndergaard. No, he. It was during the World Series. the The ball went through oh, his legs boot. back in the eighties. They found an interview of him. Said, "Did you ever hear that story, Justin?" Or no? So basically, the Mets are are ready to win the World Series, right? Was it the Mets and the Red Sox? I got no. I yeah. don't know baseball. So not anyway, they're they're ready. not Mike Piazza. No, 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 no. That's no, a, no. We we don't like Mike because no. he didn't turn around <laughs> and say hi. To so us. anyway, this first baseman, he was a first baseman. He literally, all he had to do was feel the ball, step on the bag, and it was a slow dribbler to win the World Series. Yeah. At this point, literally everybody in the stadium knew that it was over, right? They went back. So the ball goes through his, through his legs. They end up losing. It's, it's literally one of the it's most famous, famous moments ever in, in MLB history. They go back and they find these interviews. And it was a I don't know if it was a couple months before this, um, I'm saying Super Bowl. Um, what is it called? The World, World Series, Series, right? And they're interviewing him, and he's like, you know, it would be absolutely be a dream to win the World Series, but it would be a nightmare to be the very last out in the World Series and have a ball go between my legs. Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner. Yes. Oh, for the Red Sox. So the Red Sox were going to win against the Mets, I believe. That was part of the curse. Right? Yes. But, but literally, he put something out there like that. So they went back, like, you know, and, and did some studies, and that's how they came up with this uh, this whole statistic. But it's absolutely incredible to think about. Um, so, you know, I, I do think it's important to learn how to kind of mitigate the negative thoughts. Yeah. And obviously, action is the best way to do that, right? Going in opposite action or, you, you know, constantly telling yourself, listen, I have a personal mantra. It's on my phone right here. And it says, oh, well, I got a whole bunch of emails and stuff, but. It says you are your only limit, right? So anytime I get stuck on something, it's just something I always tell myself, right? It's it's a it's a, a habit that I've built. I'm just like everybody else. I have the same negative thoughts that every single one of us in this room and probably listen to this podcast have. But I tell myself all the time, you are your only limit. You are your only limit. And I think a personal mantra, a short one, like you've spoken about plenty of times in the past, is critical to 
you being able to kind of hide those negative thoughts, mm-hmm. right? You have something similar that you do with a mantra? Um, yeah, I mean, I have ones that go in and out, like uh, fancy fails, simple scales, like little things that I say constantly. Um, uh, it only takes one yep. is like the biggest one because throughout a day and throughout the career, I get no exponentially more than yeses, but it only takes one yes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I've been trying to do a photo shoot with someone, video shoot, and it's like pulling teeth to get stuff done. But once I get the yes, it's all it's all positive. It's like you strike out all all season, and then you hit one home run, but you win the game. Yep. All of a sudden, you're the hero. Yep. So it's a very uh, mentally draining career in life. But if you keep reminding yourself, it only takes one, it only takes one. You could show a property a hundred times, but if you sell it to one person, you're successful. That's a good it's kind of crazy. It's like they say baseball is a a, um, it's a failing sport. Failing sport. Real estate, it might be the most failing sport. Only until recently you do have six offers. Yep. Most of the time, it takes you know six months, four months, three months. You get one offer. Mm-hmm. You show it a hundred times. You know, like, are do you suck? No. You just got to find that one person that fits. Yep. But it does play mental games with you when. You get no's constantly. Right. And you have and so the it only takes one is something I repeat to myself to remind myself that no, you're right. You it's just not the right person. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, something that I do as well is I've noticed, and I'm sure, you know, you would agree with this as well. I'm a very strategic thinker. Um, you know, I plan for the uncertain moments. I try to minimize errors in my head. Um, I, I always try to develop a plan, which is it's kind of a uh, it's a strength of mine and a weakness because at times it can go against me. But what strategic thinking does for me is it allows me to walk myself through the motions before they happen, which then takes more energy. Right. Versus allowing just space in my head for negative thoughts to creep in at work. There's two specific things that that I kind of, you know, as I'm thinking about this, that I do that I think would be typically different from, you know, a leader in, in, in my industry um, or kind of just in general. So I rely on um, I'm calling it shared thinking now. Right. Whereas, you know, most leaders, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say most, but you look at some organizations that I deal with. And the leader has a thought. The leader kind of moves with that thought. It's like I said it, so I kind of do it. I actually do the opposite. I rely on shared thinking, the collaborative efforts of everybody else, because I realize me hearing ideas from other people ignite new thoughts in my head. Whereas before I was very focused on keeping it to myself and then like me executing and then people wondering, oh, how do you how do you get that done? How do you do that? Whereas now I like to pull everybody in the room and I'm just calling it shared thinking. Right. And then the other thing that I do is um, I call it reflective thinking at work. This one is is beneficial for me because there are certain conversations that I have with individuals um, or if it's a group or if I'm public speaking to where they're, they're very important. A decision will be made after either, you know, either the presentation or the conversation. But now I've developed the ability to reflect back on the conversation not to say, oh, what I wish I could have done, but it's how can I develop for the next time? And what I do is I actually write down like three or four things that I would have done. Like, okay, we just had this conversation. Now I'm back in my office, do a little reflective uh, exercise, write down three things because I know it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Right. And then by me writing it down, now I know it's fresh in my head for the next time. And it's something better that I can do for the next time, if that makes yeah. sense. No, it makes sense. I, when I was <clears throat> thinking about the whole topic, I, I was thinking more of a lines of thinking differently but for yourself also so i look back at my um like mentorship 
people when I was growing up. Like I really didn't question things a ton until I got older, which probably didn't make me very coachable um, when I was in sports and things because I would always second guess like, why are we doing this? And like school, I'm like, why, why are we learning about this? Like I'm never going to use this versus trying to look at like the lessons between history and all that. Um, one of the conversations I remember very clear with my parents is like, I, why should I go to college? And they were like, you have to go to college. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm, I'm no, I want to do finance. Like, why would I go to college? Like, that's just wasting money to try to earn money. Like I want to earn money now. And I was lucky. My parents kind of pushed me in a direction where then I can go kind of, you know, not risk-free because they were spending money, but kind of experience life with training wheels in college, which is, I think the real reason people go to college Mm -hmm. is to kind of have a, a bubble that you can learn in and, and grow. Whereas I just remember always questioning people when I was young and I still do. Like I look back and I've had conversations with people and mentors who are pushing their agenda on my trajectory. For example, we worked for the university of Connecticut and their whole thing was like, Hey, do it this way because then you could use our resources and highlight how good we are. Whereas in reality, we probably should have done it another way, save some money and reinvest in a company versus getting a $30,000 prototype Mm. because then it looks good for the, the, University of Connecticut that right. we went through their system, where in reality their system sucked and probably hurt us. So I'm not, I don't regret stuff, but there are moments in my life where I look back and I'm like, if I questioned why that person said that and I didn't just say, yeah, that makes sense, I researched and came to my own conclusion, I probably would have been better off. Mm-hmm. Another example that rings in my head is we had, I was a part of a like multi level marketing company and it was good. I learned a bunch of things. But there was a guy in there and he was helpful and a good mentor, but his agenda was to push people into this business. So he gave a speech to a crew and said, like, yeah, you could get into real estate, but it costs a lot of money to get into it. I didn't second guess it. I was like, that makes sense. So what's the next best option? I disregarded what I ended up getting into in the future because some random guy that was smarter at the time, I thought, um, his bias and agenda was to push people away from another avenue so that he they can go into this avenue so he can make more money, mm. right? I'm sure there was other incentives. Like, he's probably mm. still a good guy. But I've been trained now to be very skeptical of what people say because I'm like, there's something driving what he said, and I can't just take that for fact, right? So, like, when I think about thinking different, I think of, like, why do people want to retire? Like, yes, that's great. And people put money in 401ks and mortgages. And, you know, even in my industry, I think about mortgages. Some people see it as like a savings plan. Um, I see it more of as a necessity. Like you get a house so that you can have the stability to enjoy like stability and you can enjoy growing family and having something that you own. But the government wants you to get a house so that it ties up all your money with them so that they can go loan all your cash to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's okay that everyone has different incentives for things, but you have to be aware of it because then when you're going and you're negotiating with the bank and trying to get a good rate and all this stuff, you can find out why they want to lock you in and why they want you to refinance, right? So you don't just say, yeah, I can refinance and do all this. You actually think it through. You're like, if I refinance, I save this much amount of money. It helps my family in this way versus the bank's going to give me some free money, whatever. Uh, the phone thing you talked about, you know, like how people are getting people in the phone plans. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Stuff like that happens all the time where people don't. Th- There's a, a billionaire guy I follow. His name's Michael Saylor, and he's an engineer. And engineers think in what they call first principle, which just means you come to your own conclusion, right? So, like, if someone tells you, um, uh, you know, uh, what's a good example? If someone tells you you need a financial advisor and that's how you do it and you get a financial advisor, you pay them 1%. You do your own research and say, do I need a financial advisor? And it's just 1%. But in the lifetime of my financial advisor, that 1% can make a difference of millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. right? So just skating over things and not thinking them through has gotten me in the past, not in trouble, but I realized that I made a mistake in not thinking through why you do things. Like, I think it's very dangerous to say, yeah, like, you know, carbs are bad. It's dangerous to say I can't eat calories, like just generalizing and not Mm -hmm. learning for yourself and then figure out what works for you makes things not stick it makes you get into the, it's called the herd sheep mentality where you just take things for granted. You're just like, oh, they told me this, so that that's the way it is. And it is what it is, right. Something that I have prided myself on is like in the real estate world, and I talk about the real estate stuff a lot, is because all of these, the real estate world is dominated by big companies. And big companies want to keep you on the Ferris wheel. They want people to have to work. They want you to live a lifestyle, so they have to keep selling houses, right? They also want you to build a huge team, and they want you to expand because for them, they'd much rather you recruit more people and make more money versus you make more money and be financially independent of them, right? So what I'm seeing, and I'm watching all these big firms, is they're teaching all their people to grow a huge team. And they're like, you need to expand. You need to go to these areas versus how I think about it is I don't want to grow into other areas. I want to dominate one area because my my upside and my time to return for money is way better if I do it that way. But for a company, they'd rather have you expand and give brand recognition in other markets and be the face for them and create more income because you have more people. But for me, that's more strain and management of people, right? So it's very interesting now that I'm like taking a step back and thinking through things. You see you know, they have all these coaches that are telling them how to build teams. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bigger is not necessarily better. Like I could have 40 properties, but if I'm not making any money from the 40 properties, just have one property that makes $1,000 a month versus you have six that make $50 a month. Yes, there's a vanity metric that you can say, oh, I have six properties, but does that really matter? Right. So I'm trying to like be very stoic in a sense of when someone comes to me with an idea not just saying, yeah, that makes sense. Bigger is better. Where in reality, like, I don't think bigger is better. You know, and it, it can go back to fitness, right? Like, if I want to get jacked and stuff, like, at some point, there's a uh, diminishing return where my suits don't fit. I have to eat a ton of food. So it's, so there's always, like, a balance to everything. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, hell yeah. I think you explained it really well. Uh, I got a question for you, though, on, on what, what you said. How did, How do you think you basically grasped the concept and learned how to um, think for yourself. No, not think for yourself, kind of anticipate other people's agendas. I've been a victim, not a victim, a victim's dramatic. <laughs> I've been, I've been a victim, no, but like, here's a simple explanation. I wanted a go-kart, right? I was stuck on getting a go-kart. I am the type that if I get something in my head and I want to do it, I'm going to be very stubborn for it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll start with a go-kart. 
and then I'll drop down to a motor scooter because I really want the motor scooter, but a go-kart's absurd. But is this I, like a hobby? No, just to like ride around. Oh. Because all my friends had motor scooters growing up. Gotcha. And I didn't have one. So I got a letter from my uncle, who was the head of chief of police, that motor scooters were illegal. Okay? Didn't question it. Right? Five years later, I'm like, what an effing idiot. Fake he lied enough. to me. <laughs> right? So like that's a very simple explanation. But there's, I look back and like people that are older, when you're younger, you just assume they're right. You're just like, oh, they're older. They know more. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to listen to them. Right, Justin? So like little things like that have yeah. happened so much. And I was so, I wasn't like, I wasn't intentional growing up at all. And now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I just believed my parents mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not saying don't listen to your parents. But I'm saying sometimes it's healthy to be like, is this a real letter? And their like, perspective is, is different. Yeah. And they're trying to keep you safe. So I'm not right. mad at them. But like stuff like that. Someone told me um, like scale in college. We ran a bunch of businesses and someone was like, no, this this isn't a good business plan because you can't scale it to the country. And then we changed our whole model. But in reality, I'm like, if we kept our model, we probably would have made more money in the short term and maybe had a chance of like being successful mm-hmm. versus trying to go international and like not international, like expand to the country. Like I didn't give a shit about expanding the country. I wanted to have fun on a party bus in college and just travel to each. Yes. Maybe business wise, it wasn't the most, Mm -hmm. but there's other incentives I had. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to take a bus and brand it. Whereas they were like, no, you don't, you can't, you shouldn't go to the colleges. Mm -hmm. You should just get someone to represent you and do it, which was what I didn't want to do. So, I've been steered in the wrong direction. So that's why now any decision I make is my decision. And I live and die by it because I'm taking into account, like, it's my time. If I want to invest my time in doing something, I'm going to do it my way. Else I'm just not going to do it. Beautiful. Um, you know, even the conversation, and I, I saw you look at Justin, um, with, you know, youth these days and going to college, right? Nowadays, not everybody really has to go to college. No. I mean, you have you have social media that has blown up, which is much different even from, you know, somebody in their early 30s or 40s, you know, saw back in the day. Um, so what we've done, yes, we we go on these college tours and obviously we promote education oh, all yeah. the time. You know, learning education is something that should never die. I'm not saying education in terms of just the schoolwork, but you should be educating yourself just like kind of we do every single day. You got it. If you're not learning, you're dying. I mean, YouTube replaces 99% of anything you Correct. need to know. But so we sat down and we said, okay, we do these college tours. We started them about like five years ago, I believe. Um, and they've been incredible. We have actual statistics of the individuals that have gone on these tours that actually attend the colleges. Great. But we said, well, what about the kids who are just not into school, right? What if the kids can't afford it? Exactly. What if they can't afford it? What if they're just not into education? And what are we doing to kind of promote, like, you know, actual work these days? Like, what about trades, right? Trades are incredible. You take plumbing, for example, right? Oh, my God, dude. You look at plumbers and it's like, ah, well, yes, you have to have an interest to working with your hands. You got to be able to get dirty and that type of stuff. But what if you took an 18 year old that had no interest, no vested interest in, in typical school education? You put them with a plumber right now. They're working for this plumber in this company. Then on the side, they're learning entrepreneurial skills. And then in a couple of years, they're able to actually own and open their own business. Yeah. Right. Like it's something that has has died 
these days. Uh, so what we're doing and what's coming up is an actual job fair for those students uh, because we saw that problem. We're like, wait, everybody's pushing education, education, education. Yes, in a perfect world, of course, everybody would have a degree. But the reality is everybody already has a degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a piece of paper that like qualifies you for something that really, well, you know, you can be learning on your own. Someone put it away. They were like, you go to school to make money, but you put yourself in debt hundred thousand dollars at least so then you're in a job to pay off the school that <laughs> Make, got you the job making fifty thousand dollars <laughs> right so it's like i remember thinking that when i was younger and i was like wait but that's smart of you to do but i it, it was um i don't know i was always a little different in that sense i always liked like making money and i my grandfather was big in the stock market so he'd be like oh we're making money today we're losing money today like joking around mm -hmm. but i remember thinking like He's not doing shit. He's just sitting here and the money's working for him. Yep. And I was like, that's super interesting to me. Um, and then I like money was always a conversation in our house because my dad worked so hard. My mom worked so hard. And there was some strain because they were not wealthy when we were younger. So there was always arguments. And I remember thinking like I always would tell them, I'm like, I'm going to make so much money. There's going to be no arguments. Now, looking back, I know it's not realistic. Like you're still going to argue even mm -hmm. if you're super wealthy. Yep. But I remember thinking all the time, like, what's the quickest way to go make money? And I remember, like, college wasn't even in that realm. Mm -hmm. um, and looking back, it was great, a great experience. I didn't learn a ton in classes. I learned everything by doing my own stuff outside of class, you know? Yeah, that, that's the same with me. I mean, I, I think I kind of BS'd my way. I think everyone does. Through, a lot through of college. Unless you have um, a specific trade yep. that you're going, like, for a nurse or a doctor. Like right, It's yes. very specific. And t teachers as well. You yeah. need that, you know, additional education. Yeah. And um, it's got to be in a specific field. Doctors as well, great example. Um, I think for me, growing up, is, is kind of similar. But I, I saw the entrepreneurial mind of my dad, but he wasn't really making money at that time. So he was doing 100,000 things. Yeah. Whereas I was like, I want stability in my life. Yeah. But I need to know the entrepreneurial stuff. And that's yeah. exactly what I apply today, Which is right? Perfect. Like mean... I've been able to develop a career, my wife as well, um, to where we built financial stability in our lanes, but we're invested in a diverse portfolio. Yep. You know, when it comes to real estate, when it comes to stocks, deferred compensations, all these different accounts, um, uh, life insurance yeah you know like so many different avenues that honestly that was never taught like i had to i had to learn all that yeah um but i think for me i'm painting the picture of what i saw that didn't happen when i when i grew up yeah, yeah. you yeah. know what i mean yeah uh, i'm doing the opposite of what i saw yeah but it's it's clear that you are making decisions based on your knowledge of things yes i think you get in trouble when you make decisions just because that's how it's done yeah you know yep um, and I think it's okay to change how you think about things as you mature. So like, for example, I really enjoy thinking about like, what if I just left everything and just did my own stuff like investment wise? And I was like, you know what? I had a good run. You know, I'm 35. I'm 31 now. I'm 35. I do a ton of business, but I'd much rather spend more time with my family. And there's enough uh, income coming in where I can justify it. Like, I like having the flexibility to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Now, will I ever leave? Probably not because I enjoy what I do. But I do enjoy learning like. So, for example, bigger pockets is a thing that I've it's a forum all about investment, real estate investment. Right. And you get all these people on and they're, it's different markets. So like there's $50,000 houses, $10,000 houses, and they have like 60 apartments. And they're like, I run this, I run this company. I'm like, that doesn't seem, I, I personally don't want to do that, <laughs> but that's how everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, 
this is so bizarre, you know, like, is there a commercial discussion? Like, does any of these people think that you have 60 rental units? Why don't you get an apartment building? And then it's one, <laughs> you know, and diversification I get and it makes sense. But I always think like when I listen to stuff, I'm like, ah, it doesn't sound fun for me. Like, yeah, you're you. Some people enjoy managing people. I mm. don't. So in my head, I'm like, I don't want 60 units. I want the income from 60 units, but I don't want 60 units. So then you go through this rabbit hole. It's like, all right, well, if I can't do that, then what can I do? Then I discovered like, all right, well, there's no one really talking about commercial real estate on any of these things. Mm -hmm. But that's because they're incentivized for you to consume their info because they have books and how to grow a team and how to manage property managers and how to accumulate 60 properties, right? So I'm like, oh, they aren't incentivized to teach us how to do it a different way because this is the way they know mm -hmm. and this is the education they're selling to all these people, which is fine. All those people are probably be super successful. For me, I'm like, I can't, I can't time-wise manage a thousand units. So then you're like, all right, well, commercial, you get a building, so I gotta learn about commercial stuff. Then you listen to commercial people and commercial people are like, you should own property all over the country. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So then I'm like, all right, well, if I don't want to own property all over the country, then I need to still learn about the property mm -hmm. all over the country, but apply it to Greenwich. Right. Right. So it's this like, as long as you keep saying like, I don't know if I want to do that. What's another scenario? And they go to the next thing. And like, that seems like bullshit. I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense for my nope. life. And they go to the next one. The guy's like, oh, we bought 60 units for $100,000. I'm like, A, I'm never going to do never that because I can't afford that. So if I can't buy 60 units, what can I buy? Right. Then you drop down. All right, well, you could buy single tenant buildings. So I'm like, all right, I've seen buildings for $700,000 in Greenwich. They're just one little tenant. Mm -hmm. But like that would kick off way more money than four more single family homes. Right. But I gave myself permission to be like, all right, maybe single family homes. I'm big on them. But maybe it's not my angle to get to the next level. And it's okay to think and change your thinking so that you can adjust and keep upgrading. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That last thing you just said is is extremely important because if if you're not doing that, you're just stubborn, right? If you're not if you don't have the ability to change your thoughts after you've now learned or you've seen, yeah, then that's that's stupidity. But the other thing I try to think about is like everyone's different. So when people come to me and think about how they're going to do it, it's not wrong. It's within your within your brain, within your family, within your constraints, within what you want to do. Everyone has different angles. So I'm never going to tell someone, no, don't do it this way. I'm going to tell people like this is for me how I think I can do it for you. If you enjoy managing all those problems, go ahead. Like mm -hmm. do you like if you want to invest. I have a friend who invested in Boise State or Boise. And he's making a fortune. He asked me, he's like, you want to go in on it? And I'm like, for me, it doesn't make sense. You could be 100% right. Like stocks. You know, one of my friends buys Disney and he was trying to pitch me on it. And he's like, I can't believe you're not going to buy Disney. I'm guaranteeing you it's going to make money. And I'm like, A, I don't know enough about Disney. And B, I'd much rather invest in stuff that I want to invest in that mm -hmm. makes sense for me than do something just because someone tells me it's the right thing. Does that make sense? Yes, well said. We wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at Orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code NOSNOOZE30. Again, that's NOSNOOZE30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, protein bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, 
Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two-pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. Um, let's take it away from, from work, because I want to hear your, your thought on this, the home life, right? We're both married, got kids. Um, you know, but even, even if you're not, if you're living in a roommate situation, right, I think it's the same thing. Typically in America, what we do, we work all day and then we get out of our cars and you pull in the driveway and you walk in the door and it's like, ah, first thing, you know, you're complaining about your day. Right. Whereas now a thought that I have in my head is, you know, yes, I'm trying to compartmentalize my situation. So I, I, like I've said before, this is daddy reg walking in the house like i gotta leave my stuff outside but a thought that i constantly have now is how can i walk in the door show up for cali and you know kids in the future um you know to where they don't know the bad things that happen during my day right how can i switch over so it's a thought that i constantly play in my head that i think is you know pretty it's been beneficial for me because it completely leaves that other nonsense behind same thing well it's a little different for my wife because you know my wife and i we do have we we pride ourselves on you know when Callie goes to sleep even if it's 30 to 45 to an hour um and that was 30 minutes by the way i know i just kind of rambled but 30 30 minutes to an hour of just kind of alone time you know where we do catch up on the day if we weren't able to speak um so yes the conversation might come up in terms of you know uh, i guess what was negative throughout the day but how can we communicate as a team instead of just you know walking in the door and complaining like you always talk about and it's something that you know I've, i constantly think about now because it's the first thing that i want to do it's like I can't wait to tell you about what this person did to me. I can't wait to tell you how dumb this was or what bad thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's been a, a a constant evolution, I guess, as you know, the kids are now two years old, which is going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, time just flies. But, you know, when I first um, when Callie wasn't in the picture, first thing I would do all the time is I walk in the house and I'm bitching. Yeah. You know, so how do, how do you deal with the, the home life? Um, it's tough because I think when you're in it together, it's healthy to be like vent to each other yes. because it sucks. And like the night where she didn't sleep, me and Dana talked about it. And we were like, this is crazy. Like she's been sick for a month. It's nice to have someone that's going through it with you. With you. And sometimes it's helpful to let them know you're not a robot, which sometimes we, I know I and you probably agree. Sometimes you come off as like stuff doesn't phase you. But then just saying like, no, it all phases me. I just try to like be strong for you. But I'm breaking down internally. You just don't see it because I don't vent it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think all that's healthy. The thing that I think is a good hack and a trick for a lot of people is I, I've been trying to give like exciting things to come home with. So like, oh, you know, they're doing a pop up at this spot. Like, it's going to be fun. We'll go. Or like we try <laughs> during COVID, the game plan to make life fun in the chaos was to go to J House. I think I mentioned it. And we had a night set up. We're going to oh, go to J House. That's right. And then you got. Yeah, we got COVID. And I knew I told Ingrid, who I work with, I'm like, there's no way we make it. I just. I know this week, like everything's going wrong. There's no way to make it to J House. And soon enough, uh, you said the negative thought out loud and it became 40 to 70 times more likely. That's I what did. happened. <laughs> I was super right, though. And when it <laughs> yeah. happened, I was like, so the positive was it saved a lot of money. There you go. But, there you go. So doing things that you could look forward to that's not just work. So like a uh, trip, you could talk about the trip. Like I really enjoy talking to Dana about how far we've come and how more far we're going to go. And kind of like see her reaction and keep brainwashing her. 
Like it's fun for me to come home and be like, like I had a rough day, but like we're on the cusp. Like I feel it. Like the the talking about things other than just how the day was or like TikToks. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like, did you see this meme? Like this is hilarious. Like just not asking how was your day and being generic is part of the magic where instead of like how was your day like like i have to show you something this is hilarious like you'll never believe what happened today and you talk about something other than work mm-hmm. could be work related but something that's like funny lighthearted, or you know like oh how's the baby like what we name the baby like focusing on things that are productive and fun and not just like, yeah, my coworker sucks. Like, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's very. It hard. is hard. It is hard, and it's a constant like practice. You got to literally learn how to how to do that. To Dana's credit, I used to yell at her all the time because she all she did was complain in the beginning of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't she was going through a hard time. Now she is so much more like, when we get home, we just kind of decompress. It's great to have Livy there because we talk about her all the time. We're like, she is an absolute nutcase. <laughs> this and that, you know. Like, yep. I'm sure you talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cali way more than you did about like just your days. Yes. Yeah. I mean, w- with kids, you can kind of just look or even pets. I mean, you can just look at them and be amused. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, it, and we, how they interact. Yeah. Like, yep. can you believe that that's your, or like, you know, what are we gonna do with two kids? Like we have this discussion constantly now. Like, I don't know. We're going to have to grind <laughs> it out. Like one, she doesn't sleep. Imagine mm-hmm. two and just kind of laughing and being like the house has helped too, because the house is like every day there's we had a, a I forgot to tell you, we had a flying squirrel. Yes, you said you see you told us. Yeah, that was another thing. <laughs> which you don't even think of now. So it's um as far as thinking differently and just like family life, I'm really trying to adjust from I usually do the nine to five thing, but now I'm recognizing that Livy's going to daycare, but when we have the second kid and we have a lot of variables, I'm gonna have to be flexible because my schedule's super flexible and it's gonna come down to task oriented versus time oriented Mm -hmm. so like i know i have a two o'clock twelve o'clock four o'clock and i need to get this report out my day doesn't have to be structured how it used to be because i can still get those done but then i can lend a helping hand in the morning you know like oh we have to do this this and this like okay i'll be available just know i have these dates so my schedule is not a nine to five typically anyway but it's going to get more less nine to five and by coordinating that with Dana, we've been able to kind of adjust. But it's very hard for her because all of her friends, fam- like everyone's available all the time, mm-hmm. which is fine, but it's different. So right. we've had to, you know, think a little differently as far as scheduling. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a weekend's not just a weekend. It's like, all right, well, you're doing this, so I'm going to do that. And yep. It makes it a lot harder for her. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, there's something that I'm uh, thinking about as well in terms of thinking differently, I guess, for, for the future. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be extremely helpful for me, but I I don't know if you remember, I I said this quote, I don't know, a couple episodes ago and I said, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you're having a bad life. Yeah. Right. And I'm kind of changing that thought process to just because you're having a bad moment doesn't mean that you're having a bad day. Yeah. Right. So we um we basically had a had a terrible night's sleep as well last night. Um, you know, Callie's been doing this thing where she kind of she's definitely dreaming because you know she she was waking up and she's like falling down, falling down, falling <sighs> down, and we're like, baby, you're not falling down, but she's crying, and it, it went from like one o'clock to about two thirty. 
not the longest time in the world, but it's when you're time. falling asleep for five minutes and then she's crying, falling asleep for five, it's a terrible night's it's sleep. It's a form right? of torture. It really is. And <laughs> unless you go through it, you don't really understand it. Um, but you know, I, I remember specifically because because this is something I've been trying to do um as of as of late, is literally in the in that moment when it's happened, I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. Like I right now I need to be in this moment for her, but it's not going to affect my day. I might be a little tired. Hard though. What? Oh, Hard, it's, though. oh no, it's extremely difficult because you're and shot in the morning. Correct. But I'm I'm saying and I'm sharing what I think for me to get to that next level is I have to be focused on. Listen, bad moments are going to arise throughout your day constantly, and just because it's a bad moment no longer means that it's a bad day. I heard this analogy and I think it's phenomenal to share. You going to work, boom, you get in a car accident, right? You get a fender bender. Fender okay. bender, not a car accident. Jesus Christ. But you know, you you're you're driving and you know, you kind of just tap somebody and it it sucks or somebody taps you. Typically, what we do is we'll spend our entire day, you know, in the shit because of this. We'll tell everybody about the, you know, little fender bender we had and we'll be in our head. Whereas really all you got to do is take the person's insurance, you call the insurance. That's why we pay insurance every single month and it will get taken care of, right? It, but it's extremely hard to do. But I think for me to get to that next level of you know, personal success in, in terms of what I'm going for, I have to be able to do that type of stuff. So I think a, a trick to do that is you have to have more important things set up after that so you don't have time to dwell on it because mm -hmm. you're like, all right, listen, this. Uh, so I dropped my phone recently and usually that would ruin everything. I'd yep. be like, I shattered my phone. I'm such a F up, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I was like, I got too much stuff to do. I don't care. Like phone shattered. I'll figure it out later. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So to your point, uh, there's a guy who talks, I think Patrick David, who I like, he basically said the more, the higher you get up and the different levels you get to, the quicker you have to bounce back mm. because he's like, the more shit you're going to go through every day and it's going to suck, but you can't dwell on it because you got to get to that next thing and then win the next yep. you know, item, whatever it is. I, I it's hard that, though. It's I have that same thought process too all the time with the successful people that I look at. I would be so stupid to think, and I used to think this, that their lives are just, you know, it's just great. Everything is great all the damn time. No, they're that successful because they're able to get through those bad moments. They don't care as much because it, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't like family health is paramount, right? A. Yep. Then B, it's all like the vanity stuff. Like, oh, I got a fender bender. It sucks. But my mom says, if you get solved with money, it's really not a big issue, mm -hmm. which is kind of crappy to say. No, it's but it's good. I mean, so it's interesting that they kind of bounce back, but they're trained to because a fender bender for them doesn't matter. Right. Because for them, it's like, all right, well, I have they might have multiple cars. A. B, they might be like, well, it's 200 bucks, whatever to think about. It's going to waste enough time. And then their issues are probably even much bigger than the little fender bender. That, yeah. So it becomes yeah. a little tiny it's thing. A minor issue. Um, last thing, I guess, would be the the fitness world. Um, I have a con I constantly say this to myself. Um you know, I, I don't think I think differently necessarily. I just am different. I'm built different. Whoa. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Are you though? No, kind of. But that's not where I was going to go. But um, I am built different in a sense. You are kind of built different. But the thing that I say to myself constantly, and I think I've shared it before, um, but I want to be clear on it, is the concept of one more. Right? When I go and I'm about to do a set and I'm going to do eight reps, I do nine. Because it gets me in the in the in the mode, in the mood, in the the vibe to continuously have no choice 
but to go a little bit further. And I've been fortunate enough to have that one concept translate to everything in my life. When I want to walk away from my wife or something, no, I stay in that moment a little bit longer to see if we can work, work out that situation. At work, when I want to tell somebody to get out of my office, no, I don't. I sit in that moment and I'm, I'm uncomfortable in that moment. But it's a thought process that I think is extremely different from the typical you know, person that just kind of walks in the gym. Right. You just walk in the gym. Half of the time you're on your phone, you're going through your workout. That's great. Cool. If you want to get to that next level and if I want to accomplish this 8 percent, I have to be doing this constantly. Right. I'm going away in another three weeks. I made up my mind that I'm getting this 8 percent before I go to Dominican Republic. I have to. I have no choice. Mm. And if I come up short, I come up a little short. And you know what? I still have a, a, you know months to do it, but I'm going all in right now. Um, and I don't think it's pedal to the metal every single day, you know, 24 seven. But when you have a specific uh, goal in mind, it's easier to to do that, you know. And I think it, a lot of people kind of just coast through life without having specific things to look forward to. So something you can do is that concept of one more. You know what your workout is. Stay five minutes longer. What's encouraging me, I had probably the worst two weeks health wise I've had in a long time. But I keep thinking back to like, well, now my angle for my body is the same as my real estate angle in life where two weeks isn't going to make and break me if I'm doing everything right again. So being able to snap back into a routine, and yes, it's not 100%, but I'm back to 80 pretty quick, is very encouraging because like in my old push to get to this 10, this would have the wheels would have fell off like immediately. Like I'm going to go this eat like an animal. Yep. Whereas now I'm like, it's two weeks in the grand scheme of things, and my systems are in place. You know, the house is going to be done in a couple of weeks. I'll get my full gym back. Like, I'll get the momentum back. So, like, yes, I agree with you. You can't get down on setbacks, but you only do that if you're, you're like, I, my mindset is, like, I, this doesn't make or break me two weeks. Like, because I have a, a lifetime of proof that I could suck for two weeks, but in the grand scheme, I'm going to win. So, do you enjoy working out? I love it now, but do I didn't you, like before. Why? I think because I've linked it to the rest of my life and it's now instead of a vanity thing for me, it's a sanity thing from I went from vanity to sanity. Like it's the only time where it's just me. Like every minute of my day elsewise is clients, family, kids. So now when I have an hour, even when Libby goes to sleep and Dan's going to watch Real Housewives, I'm like, I'm going to go work out because it's a time where I can think clearly and it's my escape and my hobby now. Whereas before, I did it to look good, which I still do it to look good, but it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. That's just a benefit, right? You, you end up looking good because you're putting in the work. And the reason why I asked you is because, you know, a lot of people asked me on vac when I was on vacation, yeah. why are you working out so hard? And I'm like, you enjoy it. I, I've built this habit into my life to where I feel better when I work out. Well, you, you're at a point to, I, I want to make this clear. It's much more enjoyable to do something when you're good at it. Correct. In the beginning, the beginning sucks. The, you're doing things that are freakish, yes. But it's much more enjoyable to be great at pull-ups and do pull-ups. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. people who are good at golf love, love golf. golf now. Correct. Because they're good. I agree with you But you got to get good. That's the... What really hit for me was that Mind Pump podcast. The guy was like, listen, it's a process. If you look at fitness and working out as a process and practicing the moves versus worrying about just getting five reps, if you're really trying to maximize those reps, that's how you get good because then you're going to get obsessed with the process of doing a squat 
and critiquing yourself and getting better at a squat versus just going through the motions and trying to get a weight. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And then he's like, the weight comes mm-hmm. because then your your form is great, so you're able to push more. So I, I like the process also of like being able to change when not that you're counted out, like to Justin's thing about doubt, but I'm 31, you know, like like I'm 31. I haven't been able to figure it out consistently for a long time. And being able to solve that puzzle piece for longevity wise would do wonders. Mm-hmm. And it's fun trying to figure it out because it is a puzzle because it's only getting harder. But I have more tools now. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I was having a conversation with an individual that's pretty close to me, and it was about you know motivation in general. Um, and I was able to find. Sometimes I struggle with this because you know, like you say, I've been kind of seasoned to do this now in my life. It's hard for me to revert back to kind of when it first started. But he kept saying to me, you know, I'm not motivated yet. Like what I need, I need the motivation. I need the motivation. And I said something that was very simple that once he got it, he was like, I wish I knew that before. What did you say? And I said to him, I said, I think you have to start doing the action to get motivated because if you just sit back and you wait for motivation to strike you like a magic pill, it's never going to happen, right? You have to start a process. And then by you starting a process, you losing two pounds, that's going to motivate you, right? So the typical thought process is like, oh, I'll do it when I'm motivated is downright, I think, wrong. And as a society, we need to be teaching, like even in, in the school, in schools, we need to be teaching this type of life lesson to where when you get started with something, then you get motivated from doing the action, Nobody wants to just wake up and I'm just motivated all the time. You know, it's something I I talk about constantly, but it was a very simple thing I said to him and I saw it click. And he was like, yo, I've always been of the thought process because it's happened to him before. And not that it doesn't happen. You get motivated sometimes. Right. But that doesn't mean that the next phase of your life, the same type of thing is going to motivate you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It changes. Yeah. Um, And it was just such an easy thing that like when I saw it, I saw him light up. He was like. Holy shit. But do you think there's a system of like you figure out, A, what gets you excited? Mm-hmm. Then you have to link. If you want to incorporate fitness, you got to figure out how fitness complements what gets you excited, right? Yes. So if you're a photographer and you want to do more photography, but you're like, fuck, I can't hold a camera for a long time. And like, I can't stay in a position to get the right photo. Then you need to figure out like, well, if I get in really good shape, I'll be able to do my practice better. Mm-hmm. Or like if I'm a golfer, like I got to work out because then I can hit the ball far. So for me, it was like, I got to get in good shape because I got to look good in suits, which then's going to make me sell more real estate, which is going to allow me to make the gym of my dreams, which is in it. like the compounding of everything is yeah. very important for me. Like yeah. the the vision of having a home gym that's insane, that my friends can come and work out with me and everyone's coming to me for efficiency, but it's a fun thing where I can go in the basement and be like, are, like, are you around? Like, let's get a workout. And it becomes this like, lifestyle mm-hmm. i like trying to build a lifestyle that's fun yep so that is more of a motivation now mm-hmm. than just trying to look good does that make sense yeah um but even to the conversation of looking good you know because i would say that it's a um it's it helps an ex- it's an exciting thing for me as well but for me looking good is the ultimate in terms of my physical right like my muscle presence my you, you know muscle presence muscle i've presence. never heard that term um you know me looking the way that i do is the ultimate compliment to myself it is something that nobody can take away from you because I used to be 153 pounds, skinny, couldn't do, couldn't lift anything. I everybody thought that was, Dave was hotter. Everybody right? was making fun of me 
the the physique that I built right now, of course, confidence comes with it, but it's just the ultimate compliment to myself. So people, you know, when you see like when I see strong guys, I don't think like, oh, meathead, meat stick. It's very easy for a, a fat person to say, oh, look at that fat guy. I mean, look at that. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, listen, no, no. Listen. Well, hey, listen, if the shoe I want fits the body update, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't talking to you. I'm, a, I'm just saying we for need a body update too, by the way. Don't oh, forget. yes, that's right. And um, if you're uh, still on <laughs> state of the end, cause CV, the, bo- the new body, <laughs> the new body is going to have it up. Yes. No, we will. Um, cause yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even give a, no, we rambled. That's good. Yeah, rambles. that's good. Um, but no, what I was going to say, it's very easy for somebody that's overweight to look at somebody muscular and say, oh, he's a meat stick. But that's what everyone does with everything. Well, correct. Everyone. Talk, I'm super guilty of it. I see someone, I'm like, they had some type of advantage. Right. And I'm we catching all, myself, and I'm like, no, they're just They good. put the work in. They're yeah, fucking yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone and that, does that. And I've that's, done it to you a million times with fitness, <laughs> and but I'm aware that I'm doing it, so it's not as bad, but I'm like, oh, he's you know he's got an easier schedule. But then you realize it's not true. You're just rationalizing yourself why you suck. <laughs> why? Yeah, well, me, that, that, me. No, no, no I, get, I get it, and I do the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in reality, of course, I could have, you know, just yesterday, just like you can do all the time, right? It, with a child, you can go back to sleep, and nobody's going to knock you for it. But then you have drawings all over you. <laughs> 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 that is true. But the reality is like, it's no, fun. you know what? I'm still going to get up because it's my time, and it's my moment. Yeah. Um, um, one last thing I'll mention before yep. we get into the body yep. stuff, of which we talk about anytime. I've uh, it's weird, and I don't know if anyone else thinks this way. I'm curious of you guys. I came to the realization that I have two pieces to me. I'm a brain, and like my my mental, and I don't want to talk like you now. My mental, my like brain, <laughs> and like what drives me, and my like consciousness. And then the second thing is I have a body, but the body is literally just my my uh, my car that gets this going. So when I compartmentalized it, and I'm like, this controls this. There was a little more of a click, too, because I'm like, I control what this looks like. I just got to mold it. And I'm this I get I go extremes. Right. So I'm thinking more of like a bodybuilder. And I'm like, I'm sculpting what I want the body to be. Mm -hmm. And it's math. It's like, all right, your shoulders suck. So you got to do more shoulder workouts. Right. But getting it simplified to that has been super helpful. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, what's the easiest way with food and all that stuff? So like the rice cooker is so effing easy. You click a button. (laughs) But it's something that these little tools, it's like my next big tool is a weight vest because I'm obsessed with like trying to maximize walking on a treadmill, right? Because if I could do this and not run at all, I could prove Dana wrong. Everyone has told me like you- Why, you have to run? They say you have to run. Well, they're all like, you're never going to get there if you don't run. I'm like, that's not true. I agree. Right, you You agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I know. But people- have i think you have to right? burn calories yes you, you know you don't maybe, have to run yes maybe if i was a runner it'd be easy but i want to prove to people like you, you don't have to run right definitely you just have to be dialed in on other areas Correct. to make up for it so i enjoy that of like doing things differently and doing mm-hmm. well so that you have a conversation with friends or like wait talk about you wear a weight vest in the basement and you walk 30 minutes on a cat treadmill to to see to see the reaction i don't do it for other people but it is a it, cherry it on is. top it's a... to like go to the beach and take your shirt off and be like wait wait <laughs> what like how's that po-? you don't work out and i'm like i do work out <laughs> I you guys just don't think i work out you know that's fun to me it is but making the difference of like i have a it's me the body's not a part of me the body's just what you see mm-hmm. and what gets me from a to b but this is just a like i'm just sculpting it this is like you know cool I love and it. That's fun. Good thought process. Um, we going to CV. Well, what's your percentage? What? 
What was your percent? Did you weigh in? Oh, uh, well, so I weighed in before. I didn't want to do the same thing that I did last time. <laughs> I but I, to see. I did weigh in before, and I was like 9.4 or 9.7%. Oh, um, no, but so every time you say I want to punch you in the chest, <laughs> no. I just want to tell you, <laughs> which because was, I'm at like I'm struggling to get under the 18. No, I know. But I, I so I hear you on your struggle. But then my struggle is a little different because now that I'm low, it's hard to like low and I already have good habits in place. Oh, yeah. So it's like refining my good habits to make them even better, which is tough oh absolutely. you know but so i went away so i'm definitely over 10 percent now <laughs> but i didn't want to weigh in um so we'll go to cv to give us a little uh update i'm fired up about cv's journey listen, i enjoy it i think we, we listen with both of you i'm not gonna take you know credit credit but i'm gonna take a little credit yeah you get a little credit. i brainwashed the shit out of y'all <laughs> yes yes so, yes. so he here, was about to say no but he's like yes. let me say this cv real quick <laughs> i had the puzzle pieces yes and i couldn't fit them together and I needed someone to motivate me to like figure it out because before that I just didn't care. Yes. And it was bad because I didn't. And it really didn't like hurt me. Does that I make agree. sense? I agree. And it you you, you guys have done the work. I'm just busting your chops. No, no. We, you do get credit. But anyway, CV gets most <laughs> of the credit. Yeah, of he's course. Inspiring me. Of course. Talk to us. Um, n- no not, Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. However, that's good. The last weigh-in, no, no, I'm playing. There's, there's something crazy. Oh, jeez. The last weigh-in came on uh, five pounds off, um, again, and that officially makes it uh, to the big five zero. Let's go! Uh, oh my guy, Jesus yeah. Christ! So, so funny, funny backstory on CV. If you're just tuning into the podcast and you haven't listened to last year's episodes, one, go do it. Um, but I said I basically put a goal out for CV. Yeah, you threw it out. I put a goal for him. To lose 50 pounds and he was like what i don't want that goal like that's not my goal but my man like 50. he figured it out that's Obviously, a lot of weight that's a lot of weight that's a lot of weight. that's like that's like callie and livy together well, easy Callie's, right Callie and Livy are both no. so maybe more. no don't they weigh like 20 pounds each How no, yeah, like 25 pounds each yeah so you just lost both our kids man you lost like two two-year-olds i, I got a question because i think <laughs> i think we we have a unique opportunity where cv's doing it right now and he's doing it from a different starting point that we don't really know right mm-hmm. so cv i'm gonna ask you this do you find that you're getting more motivated as you're getting farther down the road or do you think you're it's getting harder where do you think you're at? Uh, the motivation part? No, that's that's dwindling down. I don't think it was a little bit more, but now I've built it into such a I, the, the the you know I think the this discipline word is one that always eluded me, and that's something that I've been focusing on. Yeah, and it's uh I guess what I what I'm going for, what I'm fighting for is to yep. become more and more disciplined, so that on those days that I don't want to do it, which yep. happen a lot. Okay. Um, it's not even a thought. It's like I got to do it, and let me just do it. You know? Do you do you have a uh, a vision? You know when I get motivated actually on yeah. the weekends. Really? Yeah, because there's no um pressure to go to work to do this. It so is it's, nice. So it's yeah, lighter. So I can get up on my own. Yeah, so my own time. And you do that time. extra work. Yeah, I go like, extra oh, hard. And yeah. then I'll be shot on Monday. On Monday, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then Wednesday yeah. feels normal, and you're like, shit, I got the podcast. I got yeah. <laughs> I got If um, so, is there a, like a visual of your like? I know for me, right? I see people, and I'm like, I can get to that. <laughs> so like, look, he probably sees the Hulk. And oh, I show Dana Sadiq. Yeah, yeah. Sadiq is like the the most oh fit God, dude, dude in the world. Unbelievable body. Dana hey, gets mad. She's like, she Justin, just Google Sadiq. She insults me because she's a- like. Don't get to that level. I'm like, you think I can get to that level? Like, don't pander me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there are people's bodies where I'm like, I like, I think once I get down to ten, I'm gonna look like that. 
Reality is probably not, right? I think you're going to look incredible at 10%. But 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 I'm talking about like Chris Bum, Bumstead or whatever his name is. Chris yeah, Bumstead. oh God. Like these are the people I watch because I'm Chris like- Chris Bumstead is when, the, the, the biggest bodybuilder in the, the world, world right now. Right? Literally in the world right now. I'm curious right as to how he thinks of it because like for me, like that's very motivating to me and fun to be like he's a freak, but he's a person. Like he did it. Like why can <laughs> I, I do it? it? Which is crazy, right? But that stuff gets me excited. Do you have like a visual of a person- that you're like, once I get to where I want to be, like I'm gonna look like that dude. Is there something like that? Absolutely not. Oh, so I to be honest really with you, I think you said it today yeah. earlier, and I think you said it in prior episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not looking at it like that. Really? It, it used to be a vanity thing, like okay. you know, before when I was more into it and looking good and this and that. I honestly do not care one bit about that. All I care about right now is making no, no, no. I want to make sure that it's I'm mentally right, okay, you know, and it, it. Does, and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel accomplished. It's a sanity thing, it, absolutely a okay. sanity thing. And although before when I was walking, um, that always it was cool. It's not like now. Now, like I need it. I want it. It makes yeah. me feel so good to leave the morning knowing that I've yeah. accomplished the workout and it's been a hard one and, yeah. and it feels good. So that's what I go for. Do you, do you enjoy thinking through like- I like, will tell you this though. You know what I do enjoy? Yeah. Um, Looking into my closet and finding- It's like going shopping again, finding clothes <laughs> that didn't fit. And now yeah. all of a sudden they're fitting. I'm like, oh, hey. Well, that's a good point. Do you Are you lining up like uh, rewards along the way where you're like, if I get to this, I'm going to get myself this? So actually, yes. Yeah. And and I didn't do that in the beginning. It was more so to just just do it. Get the momentum. But then as I was getting close to that 50, I was like, something came on TV and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't really been eating like bad, bad food. Yeah. Um, But Burger King has this crazy burger that has been on (laughs) commercials. And I'm like, and and I've been like, my mouth watering over it. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not going to do it. But if I hit the 50, I'm going to do it. I'm oh, going to do man. it. And I hit the 50. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to come. It's going to come. You should do it. Uh, I, oh, I will at some yeah. point. You but, got you documented. Know. No, man. Um, I got a question for you too. Do you think for yourself personally, you feel accomplished with discipline now? Like, do you think you're a disciplined person? No, no. Uh, I'm, I know that I'm working towards it. I know that I've improved a lot with it. I can already tell just by how I wake up every morning and even when I have no desire to get on, I still get on and do it. So I know it's changing. Mm-hmm. I know it's, do I feel accomplished that it's, I've met it? No. I think only time will tell that. If I can do this for a year straight, if I can do it for two years straight, yeah, you five think years then? straight, like, I would hope that by then it's, it's, I feel more confident about it. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, I feel good that I'm, it's, I'm accomplishing those little building blocks. But again, it's only been six months. Right. So I mean, it's a lot of time. Talk well, to me. But the, it is, but I want to get to a year. I want to get yeah. to two years. I want to get to five years. And if I can, after five years, say, yeah, this is what I do. And this is. You think that'll be sufficient for you? No, but it'll solidify that I've at least accomplished um, that habit. So, 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 so I don't think it's a habit yet. I want it to be a habit. But this I'm, is a drive I'm, for me. This yeah, is why I'm asking. I'm scared that that could fall off. So I'm always constantly like, oh, you know, thinking about that. So someone, I don't know, someone said it, but I think it rings true for me personally. And that's all I can like speak of. But something that I see and I'm curious how you feel about it. I've gotten in trouble with stuff if I didn't set the next goal immediately after I achieved one. Because then you get like that. And then you put the foot off the brake Mm. and then you friggin falls off a cliff like the body fat thing. Right. Like I wasn't coming at it from approach of like once I get there, I'm going to do this. I was like, let me just get there so I can prove people wrong and mm-hmm. then I'll blow up. Yep. So I'm curious to you. You got the 50. Mm-hmm. Is there another one you set immediately? Yeah. All right, as cool. soon as I reach the 50, that's, I, I mean, change. That's I, it's on my Fitbit app. And even though I don't really Isn't use Fitbit. Isn't that the Fitbit, best recording? It'd be like, I don't even you use see it. see the chart. But, and but, that, but I have <laughs> my, um, my scale links up to my Fitbit. So that's how I can keep track of what's going on. 
Um, and even though I don't wear a Fitbit anymore, at least it tracks the weight. So there was a goal when I kind of first, well, it was a goal for way before of the 50. And then when I started doing it, it, it reached it, reached it on that way. And that I told you about, and as soon, the moment it did it, and that's why I was trying to look it up so I could show you guys, but I can't show you the amount that I've lost because since I changed the goal, it now is saying, you know, now you got... <laughs> Extra, yeah, so what, yeah, but it shows goal. the chart, doesn't it? It's another 40. Another 40. Yeah. Why not, why not throw yeah. 50 at it? No, nah, I don't know. I want, no, I don't know. Because well, I think that's it's going to get harder and harder. I, I already yeah, yeah, knew absolutely. it was going to be absolutely. harder and harder. Sure. Yeah. And not to say that the first 50 was easy because it was not easy. But, um, you know, the, the bigger you are, the quicker kind of oh, weight yeah, will come yeah. off once you start moving. So now the next 40, I'm sure, is not going to be as easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 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 want to, I want it to be attainable. I want it to be, you yeah, know, yeah. and I, can, I think I can still get are down there, there. Are there wrinkles you're adding? So, like, I yeah, when are you going to pick up a dumbbell? Well, that uh, April. So the, like that. I mean, excuse me, May, May. Nice. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just curious because it is fun and refreshing to like add another element in because yeah. then it's new again yep. and you're motivated again. Well, I'll tell you what's what's really in my in my forefront, I guess, of what I'm thinking about, and this is going to be the biggest challenge, and um, this is probably what I'm the most afraid of. And one uh, once uh, the summer season comes around and my schedule gets crazy, crazy, you know, I want this discipline that I've been working on to really kick through and i'm able to work out every single day that i have you know the summer season which is you know can, for me can go pretty much seven to seven mm -hmm. very easily and how do you work out at, first of all afterwards almost, you know but not even that i want to be able to do a workout the steps i'm going to get and i'm yeah. cool with that yeah. but I, I need to get that workout in the morning that because it's a different sweat you can walk 10,000, 14,000 miles throughout the day. And I'm, it's good. It's great. Yeah, but it's different. But it's not the same when you, for 30 minutes, you are drenched in sweat because you've literally put in some yeah. pretty hard work. You know? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was trying to become uh, so Mr. Weird. Olympia or whatever in the beginning of bodybuilding, he put his weights in a tank when he was working in the army. He put his weights in the tank and worked out in between, like, basically being in the army, which is when you hear stuff like that, you're like, I got no sleep today. I am so soft. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's not normal. But I think about <laughs> that all that's the time. And like putting weights in my office and bands, like, yeah, maybe it does make a huge difference. But to be able to like do some sets in between a call, you at least have like a little bit of like, oh, like mm -hmm. progress, baby. Progress. So I'm just curious. Maybe there's a way you hide stuff at yeah. your place. Was or... tough. Was got a gym at the job. No, oh, is there, there a gym? is. There, yeah, there is. Oh, and I've gotten in there dude, and I've walked awesome. around. What's tough about my gig, for instance, is it's there's no real dead moments. It's moving around constantly. That's kind of good, though. No, you'd have to no, do it before good. work. It's, yeah. That would be the only thing. Yes, yeah, and that's why I want to be able. And I, you know, even to this day, I'm still waking up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I may not get out of bed until seven, and then I kick it off and I start doing. But the whole point of waking up at six. Is so that at six, Lucky I can actually get up, work out at six or six fifteen or whatever it is, so that I can still get out to be at work at seven or seven thirty and be okay. When the summer schedule starts, what weight or how much weight would you have lost? I'm not even looking at it like that. I don't know. I mean, well, you, what's the, two months? Yeah, so another two months, uh, 60, 70 pounds. So at that point, you know, I, I mean, know. so the way I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, I like just to like talk about. I it mean, and I keep thinking I, that like, I keep saying, oh, these five pounds, five pounds, four pounds. I think that's a lot sometimes oh, for yeah. the amount of, you know, so that's got to slow down. That is per down week. You're point. doing that. It's pretty that's consistent. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's got to slow down at some point. It is. You know? it is. And I got to tell you, I've also, like, I'm eating. But you're going to improve too, which I think you're discounting. Like, because you're lighter, you're going to be able to do more workouts. Yes. Yeah. You're going to have more energy. Yes. So, like, there is a, it is true that, like, 
I found when I was down in my lowest, I was like more dialed in yeah. because I was so farther along than I was. The crave, like it get, it doesn't get easier. You just get more, you get stronger. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, correct. Um, and I asked you that thing about the discipline because believe it or not, I, I have this, you know, thing in my head and it's a confidence because it's the confidence through the actions that I've taken over, you know, the course of years mm-hmm. to build what I have now. Um, the body, the body, the mind. But right, but it's it's more so the mindset. Like yeah. even in my relationships at work, you know, fitness is is you know obviously a big one as well. But so yes, I know I have that. But then I constantly see these dudes in the gym that are sixty five years old, sixty years old, seventy years old, and I'm like, I'm nowhere near the point to where like you know I want to be. Because, yes, I've done it consistently for the past 10 years in the fitness world. In the past, uh, you know, four years or so, I think I've attached it pretty well to my relationships and to business. Uh, But it's like I still have. So it's a nice humbling moment for me because, you know, even though I know I'm the most disciplined man in the world, I like to, you know, play with myself like that. I still know I'm nowhere near because look at these guys that are 60 years old and they're still doing it. Yeah. You know, but I will say this. There are guys and it's only the fit guys. That say this to me because I talk to everybody in the gym. You end up, you know, with a little fist pump and then you have conversations with them. And I asked this one guy who's extremely fit. And I said, can you give me your opinion, please? What do you think I'm going to look like at at um, at 60 years old? Hilarious question. Right. Hilarious. Well, because he looked great. He looked great. And I said, what do you think I'm going to look like? And he said, slop. You're going (laughs) to. He said, you're going to look. You're going to look extremely good. And I said, why do you say that? Because everybody who's your age always tells me, oh, wait till you're my age. Wait till you're my well, age. That's all I could he say. goes, most of those people don't even have what you have now. And everybody likes to say, oh, yeah, when I was 30, I did this. When I was 25, I did well, this. Well, it's easy to lie. He, right. So he was the first person that I saw that was actually had the physique of what I would want to be when I'm 60 plus that he said, stay on that path and you're gold. You know, and it's funny because most most people like even my grandfather, when he, you know, was was in his later years, he lost all the discipline that he had. Like he still had it up here, but he wasn't enacting it anymore. He wasn't putting it to work. Whereas this dude was like, you know, you're going to have it, man. You're good. And it was good to hear. It it's interesting because our era, now there's receipts. Like you could look back at our Instagram. And yeah. like, wow. Look at, look at <laughs> that, which is good because be now space gram. We're going to yeah, we're going to be yeah. in space by that time. I part of me <laughs> part of me thinks too like something that it's kind it's kind of like a it's not a hack, but something I think about is like these people that are so dialed in now have home gyms. They have all the tools. There's no excuse for them. They make everything in their favor so that it's easier. Like if I have a state of the art gym in my basement, mm-hmm. I have all the tools. It's it's not easier but it's it's there's less friction in the future. Yes. So that's something I'm trying to do while I'm building the body is building the tools and mm-hmm. building the like if you have a sick outfit, you have a no snooze brand with sweat clothes and like you have everything dialed in other than working out. You have a TV there. You can pop on a motivational workout like you do everything in your power to make it seamless. If you get to that, that's like then you're you're super dialed in. You got no excuses. Everyone comes to you. Like, I like that. I like thinking that it's going to be easier in the future mm-hmm. to be at 10% for a long time because I'm going to have I'm gonna have the Peloton treadmill. I'm going to have, like, yes, you can do push-ups, 
but you want to come work at Bar Jim Miguel? Like, I have everything. You know what I think That's is fun. Uh, I mean, worth is. noting? And it goes to what you're saying right now. So all of this, <laughs> all of this uh, 5-0 that we've just talked about, every single ounce of it has been has happened here in my own house yeah uh whereas before well let me talk about in my youth in my youth um i i always wanted to be around other people uh i always felt that if i were playing something with people that was the only way that i could exercise and feel good about it of course the years started tacking on and then i stopped playing organized sports in one capacity or, or another when that stopped um, I couldn't come to terms with like, well, you just got to go work out by yourself. I didn't like that. I needed to, I felt the need to, I want to go play in this beer league. I want to go play in this whatever league. It was always that. So then this go around, um, here I am. And pre, pre this, the beginning of this journey, um, I was still walking outside and I still at least felt like, oh, it was good. I'm outside. I have to walk outside, rain, snow, shine. It doesn't matter. I'm walking outside. And then all of a sudden, here we go on this journey and i have not stepped one foot outside i started doing and this is funny because i started doing um walking in in place at home for the first three months of this journey or no three months uh december and so two months two months of the journey walking in place watching a video on youtube in in my own spot just stepping 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 and that's where i lost at least half of the weight yeah then we got a treadmill that we ended up getting and again that's where i picked up and yes that was awesome because now I don't even feel like I have to go anywhere. I don't want to go to a gym. I love doing it at home. By the way, you talked about f fun, exciting outfits while you're working out. Do you know what my favorite outfit to work out is? No suits hoodie? No. Oh, wow. A t-shirt and my drawers. Does that have a donut? <laughs> oh, nice. I was going to say, I, have like a donut? I, don't, I don't even put my shorts on. It's, yeah. it's so, it's awesome. It's a lot more breezy. But you know? isn't it nice? Like, I think there is an element of making stuff convenient, like you talk about it, but it's so convenient that yeah. like I can literally walk downstairs mm -hmm. and like, I have no excuse. Yeah. Like there's no, nothing preventing me from doing it. It's just me being lazy. Do you want another convenience that I put in place for me? It's, uh, it's next to your bed and you're going like right this. next to my bed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So wow. I get up every morning and it, and it, and it turns on automatically. Yeah. So it almost like wakes you up. It wakes up at six. Do, do, do. Go, yep. Wow. And I'm That's like, hilarious. Oh. It calls you. I, it's almost CV. like it's calling me. Like, you know, you can't imagine. You can't, and I have to walk through it. And it like wakes them up. <laughs> but it's kind of fun because now like you earn the treadmill, right? So maybe in the future, you're going to earn like a Peloton treadmill. And that's going to be even more fun. Oh, we almost bought it, actually. The only reason we didn't is because it didn't fold up. Yeah, um, yeah. And so the sizing, our house yeah. is not that big. So no, no. It, you mm -hmm. know, and the one that we got actually folds up. And I, the irony in the whole thing, we have not folded a freaking thing once. Because it's there. Yes. Do you think it's key? This is a question for everyone. But do you think it's key to um, boil it down to so simple? That you know you got it in the bag. Like if you can't leave the house for two weeks because of weather, it doesn't matter. You've done it with nothing. Yeah. Do you think it's key to start there versus start at like a gym? Mm. And then if that gym shuts down, you're kind of like shit out of luck. Do, do you think it makes sense to start at nothing and then work your way up? E <sighs> kind good of. You, I, I th it's a good question. But you kind of start at nothing, right? I think you have to have day? the ability to well, do everyone, both. Everyone starts but with nothing. What, no, because but, but a lot of people don't start like with even, no gym, right? No, but like even for me, right to the gym. I don't have a gym in my house. Right, I no, don't have a but gym. You used to do push-ups. But again, so all you really need, like even at my level now, yeah, I have. What level are you at? Dude? Ten pound, whatever. What, what whatever. phase? What phase? No, is no, this? but whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you see me at. My right? phase like seven. I, think. I have, <laughs> I have a Peloton. I have a Bosu ball. I have bands. I have a pull-up bar. That's still a lot, though. And uh, a set of ten-pound dumbbells and a set of twenty-five-pound dumbbells. I can still get the most incredible workout in. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have the ability to do both. I don't have a gym, no, but, but I have that, that like basic equipment. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's important that CB started walking in place. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Now, he's now like, everything you have is just. It's a plus. Yes. But you could yes. like, if say the treadmill breaks, it's like, all right, I'll walk in yep. place. Like, you know what works. I think it takes is. more in your head to be like, oh, damn, my treadmill broke. You know, how can I still do it? Still do it. Yeah. But he knows how to do it. Is right. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, when yeah. you don't, when you just go to the gym. And you haven't done anything at home or anything. Yeah. It's hard because you're like, I can't go to the gym, so I'm not yeah. going to work out. Versus like, well, I worked out of my house without anything. Right. So I'll just defer to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Co COVID important. was the first time I didn't go to the gym for the gym was closed from March yeah. to June or July. And it was probably an adjustment initially. It was crazy. And yeah. Like, ah, I don't like this. Yeah. I didn't much. love it. And yeah. I think I lost some muscle, but whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. We ready to wrap up here? I think we, uh, you know, we rambled on. So this will bring us to my favorite section. Dave's Dime of the Week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. Boom, baby. And this is a simple scales, fancy fails type thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> very, very easy. Um. Don't know who said it. I love how you never know who said it. No, it's anonymous. It's you. What? It's you. It's me. You're saying all this. Things won't get better unless you think better. Dramatic pause, as CV likes. But it's the truth because oh, just like anything in, in life, you thinking has to be an actual practice. You having a negative thought, you have when you have that negative thought, you have to practice the skill of changing that thought. Now, you can change the thought with just different words in your head, or you could change the thought with consistent action going in the opposite direction of the negativity, right? So it's, it's something that is, again, so simple, yet so hard to do, because even myself at times, I find myself going down the rabbit hole of negativity. Um, but it's just, you know, it's I think it's one of the most critical things in life to be able to control your mind enough to when you are having that negative moment being able to switch the thought with something uh, other than that and i think you know gratitude is a big way to do it um it's very easy it's it's i think the word gratitude has become uh what's a word you like to use not fufu but like um, kind of like fufu like everybody says it you use fufu before Oh, the word gratitude? Yeah. No, 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 no. Just foo-foo in general. But no, I think there's buzzwords that people yes. say they don't know what the hell Correct. Like Correct. Okay, I do this. I'm like, you don't even know Yeah, what so means. gratitude is something that I think so many people talk about, yet very few practice. And then the ones that do practice gratitude, and again, it has to be a practice, see an evolution amongst themselves. I, I think more appreciation than gratitude for me. I love that it's as the same well. Thing, though. Something yeah. so with appreciation, right? It's if like we begin shit. to change our expectation and we switch it over to appreciation, you can't fail. Well, it's a dichotomy. Because <laughs> shut up, I, no, shut up with your dichotomy. <laughs> like I, I appreciate, but I also want more. Correct, but but if we have expectations of yeah, individuals, appreciation. You know what I mean? That individual most likely is not going to always reach where you want them to be. I thought you were going to end with gratification. I would have been like, oh, that's trifecta. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to they're not going to reach your expectation of them. Instead, if you learn to appreciate them for exactly where they're at and appreciate exactly where you're at today. I think things can change in your life. Well said. All right. Um, listen, check out no snooze like, subscribe. <laughs> because some of that new summer, that spring summer merch is fire. I got to do my purchase. Did you just do the big order? Wait till you see. 
I don't know. Night. Someone ordered know. a bunch last night. Shout out to the person who uh, ordered who a bunch was. last night. Yeah. Uh, but no, orders are coming through. Um, the colors are incredible. I just wore a nice coral tank top today. Did you wear the fire? Coral? Shout fire. out uh, Adolfo. <laughs> coral. Yes, sir. Um, so listen, we thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. Yeah, I, I think I need it. That's another Effie in the books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. Come on. Come on. If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, reach out to us at nosnoozepodcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at nosnoozepodcast.